There are many ways people listen to vision, including on smart speakers. Just tell your smart speakers to play Vision Christian Radio. Alexa, play Vision Christian Radio. Vision. Yep, it really is that easy. You can also say, play V180 Radio for our music channel. It's just another way that Vision is helping you look to God daily. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face, to helping you understand the issues going on in the world, to clear and understandable Bible teaching, all peppered with great Christian music, the latest news, and even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. Well, there are some nations in the world that deserve special attention. And today, some attention to the nation of India, where, as I understand it, there are still hundreds of millions of people who have never even heard the name of Jesus, never heard the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. Well, an opportunity today to check the pulse of India with a special visiting guest who is in fact in charge of 400 churches in his ministry movement called Saviour Jesus Christ Mission. His name is Bishop Joshua Emmanuel, and he's joining us today, and we'll get an update on what's going on in India. Joshua, welcome along to 2020. Oh, thank you, Pastor. Joshua, tell me about India, because as I understand it, things are getting harder and harder for Christian believers. Rising Hindu nationalism puts pressure on believers, and this persecution of Christians is growing perhaps like never before. Yep. Uh, what is your experience in your state of Tamil Nadu? Yep. India is a beautiful country, and uh, but it has its own challenge in, in all the ways. When God raised us for the mission, and uh, we have to face lots of challenges to, to get on, and uh, it became part of our life and mission to continue on to carry, to share the gospel. And lots of challenges is like even if you become a Christian and your own villages will not respect you. And though you're born in a good caste, India caste system is the biggest system that people get always humiliated. And when you though you're born in a good caste, but if you get to know God and if you go to church, you're being considered as a low caste. So your relatives, your people won't come and talk to you and they don't mingle with you. So the persecution from the family-wise, it starts and then they just were, need to stand hard to, to get on to God. But when you start sharing the gospel to the places and uh, all the places are shared right now, previously we only had persecution in North India, but now all over India we have persecution and all the um, BJP is the ruling party right now. And this BJP group, and um, they are the supporters of RSS. So our prime minister himself is a, uh, a member of RSS. So all the RSS has an idea. Now they can suppress Christians and they can come and persecute them. But no one will come and ask them because they are the supporters uh, of BJP. So now we have very hard time uh, facing and reaching the gospel. But by the grace of God and uh, God do miracle things uh, miraculous things happening in our ministry so that we can see people just look at the church that to come 
to get miracle and healing onto their body. That's how people come. And every Sunday services in our churches, we have healing happening and God doing marvelous things into the life, life-changing experiences happening. And uh, our door-to-door ministries is going great. We go and meet the people door-to-door and just pray for the people. And it's amazing and uh, how God puts us in, your, in our heart about the mission. So we used to have, like in 2020, we'll have 1,000 churches, but by the growth of our mission, we'll have that in 2018. Well, okay, so you're ahead of schedule when it comes to how you expect that growth to go. Let me just clarify uh, for some listeners who might not be so familiar with India where you have a caste system and it's got the top caste, the Brahmins, and then it goes down caste by caste down to the bottom caste, uh, which people are known as untouchable. You raise a very important point there that when someone converts from their Hindu background to Christianity, it doesn't matter what caste they were. They go straight to the bottom, and you're considered to be with the bottom caste. Yeah. So when someone puts their faith in Christ, their sacrifice is that they lose their status in the community, and they really uh, can uh, can be reduced, uh, if I might say that, uh, to those lower castes where they're not treated very well at all. Yeah. And that's the only thing that it's very hard thing that we face right now, so that the people of good caste and they doesn't want to come to the church. And moreover, and nowadays I've been teaching them where does the caste system come from? They believe that caste system has come from through the idols. Some of them, like the Brahmins, are born from the head of an idol, from the Hindu god. So what we teach in a church, like if you became a Christian, if you know that Jesus is your Savior, if you know that God creates you, and then uh, i just uh, teaching them you should not have the belief of you were born from the head of the idol or from the leg of the idol or from the hip of the idol. So right now I'm just giving awareness to the church and the people, those who are coming to the church, just to know that our crash system is not the big thing that they need to concentrate on. They need to concentrate on Jesus. So as we start teaching that and church people have an awareness of what is caste and then um, they just keep on keep their faith on to God. But the greatest uh, thing they face is like the leaders of the villages doesn't give any benefit to them because they go to church in another part. Though they just don't consider that thing, but these things comes into their mind that we won't get any benefits from the government, even in the flood. And uh, people just uh, try to rescue and all sort of things happen. They try to survive. And the government just came and all the leaders of the village keep their things of the people, those who go to church. And they say the church will provide them. We don't need to look after. You're making reference to a flood in November, December last year, which was in the state of Tamil Nadu. Uh, quite devastating, and you had all sorts of effects yourself on your church, your church property, and uh, and I understand uh, you had something like 20 snakes in your church after that flood. That must have been pretty tough to deal with as well. Yep. So the water was uh, two meters high, and then uh, the, all the snakes they doesn't have any place to be. So they find that we have the um, three, four buildings, so the snakes started coming onto our buildings. 
So our children in the orphanage they started to kill every day, like two, three snakes. So they became an expert in killing. And in this flood, that calculated snakes was 20. And uh, all the small children killed many small snakes. But these are the big, bigger ones was 20 snakes we killed. <laughs> I'm sure there should have been adults doing the snake killing rather yeah. than the kids but yeah. uh, I'm sure the kids would be pretty excited about tracking those snakes down and yeah. I'm sure yeah. they couldn't resist because before we come they kill them already the interesting thing though to draw out of that flood as you say is that when the government came along to offer any help they weren't offering the help at all but really even saying that well, if you're a Christian, your church will look after you. You don't need government help. Is that a form of persecution as well? Because there's like a discrimination there that you that you don't get any help from the government if you're a Christian. Yeah, the problem with the government is like uh, they are the one who was the root cause for the big flood. They opened the river gates in the middle of the night. They thought that the water from the town will go to the river, but it just made an opposite uh, like it just done as an opposite. The river just flow into the town. So we just got this flood. It came in the middle of the night, 3 o'clock. So nobody knows this. the flood is going to wash away. So this just washed away in the middle of the night. And many death rates, like, like 700 people plus, died in our district. And it was not mentioned clearly. So uh, as a church, and uh, we just had just washed our church and all the music instruments, all the, all the setup. And our orphanage, the kitchen completely washed, all the washing machines and waters, our two bore wells completely washed. And then it became contaminated with all sort of uh, sewage water mixed into the water and smells bad. And you can see all the solid particles and all the garbage and it all comes in. And um, 29 days we were in that condition and we couldn't able to go out and bring some food in. So we ha- had to ask the fishermen's helps to bring their boats. So we took their boats and to, to have uh, survival, so go out and come back. So it was a very hard time. So this in that time, government doesn't come and help to the people. Even they didn't help us to pump the water out. We, we really had a bad time. I, I remember standing and asking for a water bottle. And uh, for two hours after argument, they gave me two bottles. And I just told them I need 900 bottles, you know, for the children and the church people living in the first floor. We are cooking every day. We need waters. So they gave 900 bottles. Before we get into their home, all the houses from that side, they asked, I need one, I need one. So we ended up bringing 200 bottles into our campus. So it was um, it was that like that hard that life was. God spoke to us when in that flood, we were thinking of our base, you know, our base needs to be strong. You know, we need to build our base because we lost everything. And then we need to build it again. But God spoke to me, if you're preaching about the burden for souls, and if you're not doing anything when they are dying, you are a liar. A powerful thought. And uh, (laughs) Bishop Joshua Emmanuel, our guest, uh, Joshua, stay with us. We'll come back and we'll talk some more shortly and we'll get some more insights into What's happening with your movement there, the Saviour Jesus Christ Mission? 400 churches are part of that movement. Bishop Joshua Emmanuel, we're back with more in just a few moments. Taking some time to check the pulse of the nation of India. More than a billion people in India, and so many have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
an exciting opportunity today to sit down with Bishop Joshua Emmanuel from the Saviour Jesus Christ Mission, who's visiting Australia and drawing attention to the challenges that there are in reaching out in communities in India. And things are getting harder. Persecution of Christians is increasing with the rise of Hindu nationalism and under the current government, the BJP government, uh, things especially hard. Joshua, when I ask you about persecution on the rise, uh, that makes it harder to be able to share the gospel with people. Do people who are generally ordinary citizens, uh, perhaps coming from a Hindu background, they're aware of the nationalism on the rise in India. Does that make them resistant to hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ? Like sharing the gospel right now, is it's become very hard. When you go and talk to them, and you, you never know who are the supporter of RSS right now. So people like Hindu groups, they, they, if they are Hindu, they think nowadays they are RSS. So they consider themselves as a part of a movement and they're just trying to change the whole nation as a Hindu nation. So they recently they made a big statement that all the Christians go back to your country. And I, we don't know which country is our country. So always it's a question, you know, when they say these things and we thought we are the citizens of India and then they just make all these statements and then the political views when it comes and they said it's all the Hindus rule this nation. So in never in a history a Christian rule the country. So we just looking for Christian politicians to come. But the church and a mission that we do and when we ask God, God give us India and God just started to connect with pastors and leaders into different parts of India and different language. In India, it's funny. And you have all states, a different language. And then moreover, all language, you have several different language inside it. So until unless you know the language, you can't reach. So we need the local pastors' support to reach that places. What our mission does is we train the pastors and we train through the training program. We raise them up so that they can go forth and do this system that we use to reach out. So our mission works with a charity like we think ourselves as a charity. Until unless you do any charity work, you can't reach the people in India. We, we just talk about soup, soap, and salvation. So that's how the missionaries came to India. They just did... They had a school, and then so the children come to the school, and they, they share the gospel. That's how they gave soup as a food and soap for cleaning themselves, and then they gave talk about the salvation. So now we take the same thing. We give education to them, and we give um, counseling to them. We give all sort of work to them, just try and train them and to, to the, for them to be a self-sufficient. And we have that women's group that we gather them, and we train them, and give them serving missions so that they can get trained. And then we have a prayer meeting. So we bring them in and then we we do we teach something and then share the gospel. So now we need to do like different ways. Our 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 gospel team will go and fight in the middle of the road. So people just draw to the fight. They say, Oh, okay, just they just come and say like okay, be you bit and you bit like that. So all of a sudden they both in the middle of that peak of the fight, they stop and they start sharing the gospel. So we are trying to find different ways of drawing people to us so that we can share the gospel. So why in the middle of the sharing, if you are preaching in the street, all of a sudden five or six people will come and stop your uh, work 
and then they will say, where are you from? So if you just point that we are from this child, no charity, we are we are come from this orphanage, we are coming from this school, and they might not say anything against them. But sometimes they just say something, but uh, sometimes they ended up, some of my pastors are still in jail uh, in North India, my, our, our church pastors, uh, they, they just put them in anti-conversion law. So through that anti-conversion law, they in the they in the jail. So the court sentenced them for six months now. But we praise God, their family are happy, and they be still working on that place. We never give up, though we get persecution. You've got these anti-conversion laws. Uh, you mentioned, you know, receiving death threats over the telephone, attempts on your life. Uh, people are looking to you as a leader, and you're called Bishop Joshua Emmanuel. Uh, you've had all sorts of great opportunities to debate uh, over holy books. I guess you're talking about uh, the Muslim uh, element where you've got the Quran and the Bible. You've you've had opportunity to be able to debate leaders about the uh, the holy books of each of uh, of those religions. Yeah. And um, yeah, last it was last October, and uh, we had a big debate and about. These uh, ten imams and uh, we are ten pastors sitting in a debate hall, and uh, all the church congregations came, and then the Muslim people they came there, and they were just Muslims. They were arguing about the holy book. Uh, Quran is the holy book, Bible is not a holy book, and um, we said Bible is the holy book. We didn't say Quran is not the holy book, but wisely, you, you know, you need yep. to be careful with that. So we had a big argument with them, and a big, it was a big debate of four hours. We had an argument, and they brought all sort of uh, things, and just to prove that uh, Bible is not a holy book. And then uh, we just tried and put all Bible is the holy book, and finally we made a statement that um, uh, Quran is a self-defensing book, you know. Whatever Quran says, you will say that Muhammad says. Whatever Muhammad says, and you will say it's in Quran says. So it's a self-defensing book, whereas Bible is a historical book. Whatever that's by the events mentioned in the Bible is historically happened, and you can get source from any of the books. So it's a historical book, and also it's a true book. And then we believe it's a holy book because the name of Jesus is mentioned in the book. So it's a holy book. Uh, you are working with schools. You're raising up pastors. You have an orphanage. A lot of amazing work that's going on. And the outreach into the communities of people who haven't heard the gospel and responded to the good news of Jesus Christ. I'll point people to your Facebook page mm-hmm. because you're in the process of developing your website. Yep. Uh, but the Saviour Jesus Christ India Facebook page is where people could be in touch with you. Bishop Joshua Emmanuel with the Saviour Jesus Christ mission. Uh, 400 churches are part of that mission. The outreach continues, and I know you'd love to uh, hear some supporters uh, from Australia, and I'm sure that there will be some who might like to uh, connect with you. Saviour Jesus Christ Church India on Facebook. Bishop Joshua Emmanuel, thanks so much for being with us and sharing these things today on 2020. Thank you, Pastor. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.